0: Welcome back friends to Hope is a Prayer Away. I am your host Pastor JJ and in today's Bible study we are going to be studying Holy Friday, April the 15th of 2022. That's a day that falls on this year and in the Hebrew calendar we know that it is Nisan 15. So Good Friday, what is it about? What what are the events? biblically that took place during this day during jesus's time so let's see what we can we can uh we can all learn together amen so we find that the gospel writers create a stark contrast between palm sunday and good friday between the crowd shouting hosanna and crucify him just a matter of a couple of days so after Jesus is betrays after Judas betrays Jesus, excuse me, identifying him to Roman guards with a kiss, Jesus is quickly quartered through one ordeal after another. First he is taken to the Jewish high priest Caiaphas, who is joined by other elders and religious leaders. And in Matthew 26, verses 57, and then 59 through 60, I'm going to be reading out of the NIV, we find that Jesus is before the Sanhedrin. And starting at verse 57, those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas. The high priest where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. The chief priests... And the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence against Jesus so they can put him to death. But they did not find any, though many false witnesses came forward. And then we find the first time that physically Jesus is assaulted as recorded in the Bible. And we can find that in Matthew 26... Verses 67 through 68. Then they spit in his face and struck him with their fists and others slapped him and said, prophesy to us Messiah, who hit you? The Jewish leaders realized that their own laws prohibit them from killing Jesus themselves. So they had to hand him over the roman governor pontius pilate tells the jews that he finds no fault in jesus and as we read in john 18 verses 28 through 38 out of the niv we find that jesus is before pilate and starting at verse 28 if we will please then jewish leaders took jesus from caiaphas to the place of the roman governor By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanliness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. And then Pilate says, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death that he was going to die. So Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea jesus is asked or did others talk to you about me am i a jew pilate replied your own people and chief priests handed you over to me what is it that you have done and jesus replies in verse 36 my kingdom is not of this world if it were My servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. Amen. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king? In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me what is truth retorted Pilate. with this he went on again to the jews gathered there and said i find no basis for a charge against him their rabid response sends him back inside to speak with jesus once more eventually relenting to jesus's death sentence So we find that Jesus is whipped with various sharp, maiming implements, then mocked by the soldiers. And we find that Jesus is sentenced to be crucified. And we find that in John 19, verses 1 through 3, out of the NIV, starting at verse 1. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to join him and went up to him again and again saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they slapped him in the face. Betrayed by his friends and his nation, he now endures increasing physical and social agony. Tucked within the three-hour ordeal of Jesus' death are many significant fulfillments of Old Testament prophecies as as found in Psalms 22, Isaiah 53, and many others that for this study it would be too long to uh, to be able to to incorporate into this study, but I encourage you in your devotional time to to please look at him. These contain details about the manner of his physical death, being nailed to a cross, ridicule from onlookers and separation from God due to taking on the sins of humanity. And many churches hold special Good Friday services that feature stations of the cross, interspersing special prayers with passages from the accounts of Jesus' arrest, his trial, and death. Similarly, Passions Plays, future multiple church members reenacting the words and actions of Jesus, Peter, Pontius Pilate, and others. We find that in the Philippines, a more graphic commemorations involve the flagation, the whipping, and crucifixion reenactments. Periods of fasting and total silence are also common. Now let us look at the trial of Jesus. Two of the greatest champions of human rights, Jewish and Roman law, met in the most tragic injustice. Which was the mistrial of Jesus Christ. And Jewish leaders were blinded by their determination to be rid of Jesus, and the Roman governor yielded to fear of reprisals. Together, they represent both the religious and the secular worlds, which too often have been plunged by selfish interests into the rejection of their Lord. The Jewish trial. The purpose of the Jewish leaders was to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him, as we're going to read in Matthew 26 and verse 4. This illegality was the controlling principle of the trial and the reason for the many irregularities that were found in his trial. Now let us read Matthew 26, verse 4. And they schemed to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. Now what was the preliminary examination? While the Sanhedrin gathered, Jesus was held at the house of Annas, former high priest and a sharer of the dignity and power of the office with his son-in-law, Caiaphas. No part of a regular trial, Jesus was interrogated concerning his disciples' doctrine. And in John 18, verse 19 of the NIV, the high priest questions Jesus, starting at verse 19. Meanwhile the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teachings and the purpose was to gain evidence for the trial. and Jesus insisted in effect that the trial began that the trial begin with a, with examination of witnesses not with probing of the accused as found in John 18 verses 20 through 21. S- starting at verse 20, I have spoken openly to the world, Jesus replied. I always taught in synagogues or at the temple where all the Jews come together. I said nothing in secret. Why, why question me? Ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I said. So we find now that we move on to the night trial. And haste was important, though illegal. Jesus must be condemned before his friends could rally. The temple gates were closed for the night. The high priest's quadrangle served as informal emergency quarters. Off the open center court was a large room isolated only by pillars. Here they assembled just across the courtyard from the apartment of Annas. Now, who was Annas? Annas was the high priest in the year that John the Baptist began his ministry. Annas was also the father-in-law of Caiaphas, one of those who took part in the trial of Jesus. And in Luke three and verse two of the NIV. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the desert. And as the Sanhedrin were assembling, chief priests worked frantically to train, to find and train witnesses. Though carefully instructed and solemnly sworn in, the perjured witnesses could not agree. And we find that in Mark fourteen fifty six and it reads Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. We also find it in Deuteronomy nineteen and verse fifteen were One witness is not enough to convict anyone accused of any crime or offense they may have committed. A matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. So in a move of desperation, the high priest put Jesus under oath. Matthew 26 verses 63 and 64. But Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You have said so, Jesus replied. But I say to all of you, from now on, you will see the, man, the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. And we know that the clouds of heaven, for those that are my students, we know that we're translating this from the Greek, and those clouds are called the Shekinah glory clouds. Amen? So Jesus freely admitted his claim that he was the Christ, the Son of God, as found in Matthew 26, Verses 65 and 66. And though he knew it would cost him his life. Starting at 65, this is what he says. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look, now you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? "'Is he worthy of death?' they answered. So the issue was clear. On this claim and nothing else hinged the condemnation of Jesus by the Jewish court. But the clever rouse Caiaphas made each member of the Sanhedrin, including himself an accredited witness. Since Jesus, a man, could not be deity, they assumed he must be a blasphemer worthy of death. Jesus was condemned by the common consent, but he was not sentenced. So the group broke into disorder. Some spat upon Jesus, others struck him. In Mark 1465 it says, "Then some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fists, and said, Prophesy! And the guards took him and beat him. So we come now to the morning session. The Friday trial at daybreak was to give semblance of, the, of legality to the decisions of the night trial and to prepare and present the matter to Pilate. So the high priest began the trial again, eliminating parts that had been unfruitful. Jesus was questioned directly by the court, and again, he testified that he was the Son of God. All claimed to witness the blasphemy. All arose and led him to Pilate, as we find in Luke 22, verses 66 through 23 and verse 1 and we find that blasphemy was still the one and only charge now let us read luke 22 verses 66 through 23 and verse 1 out of the niv and this is jesus before pilate and herod at daybreak the council of the elders of the people both the chief priests and the teachers of the law met together And Jesus was led before them. If you are the Messiah, they said, tell us. And Jesus answered, if I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. That's verse 69. And they all asked, are you then the Son of God? And he replied, you say that I am? Then they said, why do we need any more testimony? We have heard it from his own lips. Luke 23 and verse 1. The whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate. So now we come across the Roman trial. And Jesus was still condemned, but not sentenced. As a jury, they brought the verdict of guilty, but Rome alone could legally give the sentence of death. So the first thing we find is an attempted evasion. The Jews hinted strongly that Pilate should yield to them the right of trial and exercise only his right of execution. This was sometimes done by the Roman governors, either through indolence or as a favor, especially in matters of religion. Pilate was in in no mood to yield and said in effect, give me both the power to try and to execute or to be satisfied with the penalties that you are allowed to inflict On the condemned. So we find in John 18, verses 29 through 31 under the NIV, starting at verse 29. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have him handed over to you. Pilate said, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. Now, what were the accusations? If Jesus was to be tried and sentenced by Rome, a new case must be made. And Rome was not interested in blasphemy. Forced against their will and expectation to formulate a charge, the Jews began to pour forth vehement accusations. There were the three these were the three main counts that they can come up with. Number 1, perverting the nation. Secondly, preventing the paying of tribute to Caesar's and saying that he is a king. And in Luke 23.2 or verse 2 out of the NIV And they began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be a messiah or a king. And only the third accusation impressed Pilate. It should be true. If it should be true that Jesus could be guilty of treason, if so, he must die. Rome knew no greater crime than treason. So we have an examination and an acquittal. Pilate returned to the Praetorian to examine Jesus. And Jesus admitted that he was a king, but explained to Pilate that he was not the king of kings that would seek to overthrow the government, that his authority was in the realm of truth. And in John 18, 33 through 37 out of the NIV, we read the following, starting at verse 33. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate replied? Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it that you have done? And Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders, By now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone in the sight of truth listens to me. Pilate, being satisfied, went out to the Jews and pronounced the words of acquittal. I find no crime in him. And in John 1838, out of the NIV, what is truth? retorted Pilate. With this, he went out again to the Jews, gathered them, and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. So this would have ended the trial if justice had really been the object. However, we find that there's a referral to Herod. When the Jews shouted all the more accusations, Pilate feared a hopeless impasse. So finally, the word of Galilee gave him a thought. Herod Antipas was in the city. Now who was Herod Antipas? Herod Antipas was the son of Herod the Great, was a tetrarch of Galilee and and Perea. Herod Antipas was the murderer of John the Baptist, so we get a good feeling there for who this person was. We're not doing an exegesis on him, but just a little, uh, just a little I- uh, information on, on on Herod. And in Matthew 14 verses 1 through 10, we find that Herod Antipas had John the Baptist beheaded. Okay, So we want to set up I want to set up for you who were the members of the court so you get an idea who this guy was, who that guy was uh, that were judging Jesus. So we find in Matthew 14 verse 10 or excuse me, Matthew 14 verses 1 through 10 out of the NIV where John the Baptist is beheaded. At the time, Herod the Tetrarch heard the reports about Jesus, and he said to his attendants, This is John the Baptist. He has risen from the dead. That is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Now Herod had arrested John and bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife for John had been saying to him, It is not lawful for you to have her. Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of the people because they considered John a prophet. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guests and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. And the king was distressed because of his oaths and his dinner guests. He ordered that her request be granted and had John beheaded in the prison. Why not give him the honor and danger of passing on the case? The gesture was appreciated by Herod. But he was too astute to allow himself to be involved in a treason trial. And he treated Jesus as a cheap entertainer, as a heaped ridicule upon him. And he did not cater to to the desires of the court. So no legal purpose was served. So now we get to Jesus or the murderer Barabbas. Evasion did not solve Pilate's problems. Jesus came back from Herod. Pilate, twice more to gain the consent for the release, tried twice more to gain the consent of the release of Jesus with the Jews. Luke 23, verses 13-23 out of the NIV. And Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people. And he said to them, You brought me this man as one who was inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. As you can see, he has done nothing to deserve death therefore i will punish him and then release him but the whole crowd shouted away with this man release barabbas the murderer to us barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder wanting to release jesus pilate appealed to them again But they kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. So for the third time he spoke to them, why? What crime has this man committed? For I have found no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore I will have him punished and then released to him, and then release him. But with the loud shouts they insistently demanded that he be crucified and that their shouts prevailed and justice, scourging pity, and the festive spirit made no difference. The people wanted only Jesus' blood. That of Barabbas would not do. And in Luke 23 and verse 18 out of the NIV, we read, But the whole crowd shouted, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! Behold a man, In a final appeal to their humanity, Pilate brought Jesus out with bleeding back from the scourging and with the crown of thorns on his head and with the purple robes of mockery. And the Jews were all the more insistent that he be crucified. And we read in John 19 verses 1 through 6 out of the NIV, Jesus is sentenced to be crucified. Starting at verse 1 from chapter 19. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they slapped him in the face. Once more Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered there, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man. As soon as the chief priest and their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! But Pilate answered, You take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. Here comes the sentence. So compromise became impossible, and Pilate had to release Jesus at all costs, or crucify him at all costs. Finally, fear of the Jewish blackmail became greater than his sense of justice. And Pilate was unwilling to face his record before, Jesus, before Caesar. So to appease the Jews, Pilate crucified Jesus. And friends, let me ask you this. Have you ever been beaten? Have you ever been falsely accused? Have you ever been ostracized because of your lifestyle? Or because of your national origin? Because of your race? Your social stance on a particular issue? Have you been ostracized by friends? Co-workers? Church? Church members? Because of this or because of that? Have you ever been treated like you are less of a person at the conclusion of a relationship? Or even battered in said relationship? Have you ever been told that you're going to hell because of this or that? Now you know why I keep reminding you, friends, that Jesus loves you. And he gave his life as payment for all of our sins and the opportunity to be with him in heaven and spend eternity with God the Father, with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the angels, and our past family and friends that are in heaven. And let me remind you once more No one on the face of this earth has the authority or the power to send you or me anywhere. That authority rests exclusively with Jesus. And friends, salvation is a free gift from God. You cannot earn it or pay for it. You obtain salvation by repenting of all of your sins to Christ and asking Him to be your Lord and your Savior with a contrite heart and He will forgive all of your sins and become your Lord and Savior. So, if you've ever suffered for any of the things that we just talked about. I want you to know that Jesus loves you. He loves you unconditionally. And friends don't let anyone ever tell you. That he doesn't love you. Because you committed this sin. Or you're committing that sin. Because friends we're all sinners. And I start with myself. Myself. And I include any pastor, any deacon, any church, anyone on the face of this planet, we're all sinners. And we all fall short of the glory of God. And if not for his mercy, starting with myself, I wouldn't have the opportunity to go to heaven. I wouldn't be forgiven of my sins. And this is Holy Friday. What a day for you to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. And like I said, he understands. He understands you, he loves you. And as we read today, they spit on him for you. They flogged him. They crucified him. And friends, he did all of that for all of us to give us a chance to have forgiveness of our sins and to be with him in eternal glory and salvation in heaven. And if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, I'm going to say a prayer. And I would ask you to please follow along if you would like to make Christ this day on Holy Friday the Lord of your life. Amen. What a special day. Wow. Lord Jesus, I come before you. Father, forgive me of all of my sins this day this holy Friday I accept you as my lord and my savior from this day on I ask you father to take my hand and that you would love me lord help me guide me speak to me father Love me, Lord. I was told that you didn't love me because I'm this or because I'm that. And I just found out that, no, Lord, that you love me and that you died for me too. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Please let me have eternal life with you, with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. Oh, Father, thank you, Lord. And I accept your cal- your sacrifice on Calvary that you made for me. And I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen, Lord. And friends, if you said that prayer, I do believe that you are born again. Hallelujah. What a great day that you accepted Christ on Good Friday. We'll never forget this time together, friends. And I would encourage you, now that you have found Christ, I would tell you to please go to a a Christian bookstore online. And go through the Bibles and see which one speaks to you. There are different variations of the Bible. And you need to find the one that you can understand. And then when you read it, it speaks to you, friends. I would always encourage you also to take copious notes in your Bible study during the week, during your Sunday school. And when you go to church service on Sundays. And before you start delving and matriculating all that information. I would encourage you to go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to give you understanding. Ask him to give you re- remembrance. And ask him to give you application because we have to apply the word first to ourselves before we can help others cuz we're all the same we may have different roles in the body of Christ but friends we're all the same amen and i always close out all of my uh, podcasts in remembrance of the late pastor John H. Osteen, who had the best phrase I have ever heard. And I wanna share that phrase with you, but I want you to know that it came from him. And he would close out all of his TV sermons with the following phrase, keep Jesus first place in your life and he will take you places That you've never dreamed of. Amen. Friends. Thank you. For your time. And the privilege. Of being able to share Christ with you. And I look forward to talking with you tomorrow. On our podcast. May his blessings. Be upon you. And yours. Today and always. In Jesus mighty name. Thank you, friends.